0: Welcome to the Hunter's Campfire. G'day, my name is Mark Vanden Bogart, hunter, fisherman, writer and storyteller. With me is Ian Hurley, technologist, hunter, hunting mentor and proud father. Together we want to help you get hunting. Our focus is helping you make the most of public land hunting right here in Australia, even if you don't live in a state where it's offered. This podcast series is all about helping you get started helping you build your knowledge and your confidence so you can get out there and live your own hunting adventures. Now, let's get started. Well, good evening, Ian. How are you?
1: Well, mate. Very well. Blistery cold state of origin night that it is.
0: (laughs) It is. It is very cold, but uh, I think um, nowhere near as cold as it is going down south. I just saw some photos of orange. We were down there in April, and it it looks pretty... Proper blizzardy country down there. So that's uh I am hunting down there in September. So <laughs> hopefully this is well past by the time I
1: get down there. Oh, yeah. Well it's um it is freezing. I saw a post this afternoon saying that where I am up in Tornborough will be minus four uh tomorrow morning. Uh, but uh, Stanthorpe's minus eight. Um and that's proper cold. <laughs>
0: that's us yeah,
1: cold.
0: in getting there, that's getting there. Certainly that we're down a Marundi which is um, just below Tamworth at the end of, yeah, oh, no, no beginning, of ne- beginning of next month and, there, and it's currently you know felt temperature in the Marundi gap which is where the weather station is you know minus 4.4 so something like that so um hopefully it warms up a little bit because I've got my son with me and he, <laughs> I just don't want to spend a weekend of him freezing to death.
1: Well yeah, he might, might complain a little bit if that's the case but um <laughs> Such as life,
0: such as life. That's the way it goes, isn't it? Yes, it will. uh, Character building, I think they call it.
1: Yes, true. Yeah, we got that one drilled into us once upon a time in the military. So, um, episode three, and I think uh, today's concept really is just to do a bit of a deep dive into one of our original favorite forests, Mark. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Let.
0: um, I think uh, you know, sometimes people treat public land is you know like um, secret squirrel or private private clubs but let's 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 get let's make some people angry and, and expose the um, expose the secrets of hunting Severn or seven depending on how you like to pronounce it um, I know that my English relatives pronounce it the seven because it's named after the seven River and the the Seven River and the Seven Valley in England but I've always called it Severn. So let's stick with that, because then we know what we're talking about.
1: Yeah, and I think as far as I'm aware, I, I, I haven't heard many people call it the Severn.
0: Mm. And even
1: the main river that runs all the way through this area, is, to me, has always been the Severn. But maybe yeah. that's just the Australian way of um, of uh, reading the letters and the word and <laughs> calling it as it is.
0: Yeah, we just want to get anyone confused with the one we're talking about. So basically, uh, the Severn, as we're going to call it, State Forest, is just a little bit below the Queensland state border. Probably the closest Queensland town is Texas. Um, Mm. And if memory serves me correctly, the closest New South Wales town is a place called Bonshaw. So technically, Severn sits directly behind Bonshaw, but you have to go a little bit um, further to the east along the Bruxner Highway and then turn again south down the Bonshaw Road. And I think it's only about... 15 k's down that road, and then you get yep. to the entry, roof, entry road to the Severn State Forest.
1: Which is Mount Hallam Road. The there you go. Road.
0: And and I think there's a little location behind it actually called uh, Athelwood. I might have it. Yeah, there. yeah. That's it. That's behind
1: and, it. And, and not far from Ashwood or Ashford. Ashford. Uh, which is uh, down near the dam there that um, yeah. the Severn River feeds into. So that's right. Yeah, it's a good little spot. Um, tip for those that are travelling there um, right off the bat is uh, Bonshaw is the last little town. Mm. It's hardly even a town, but it's a it's a little spot just before you get there. Um, they do have a, um, a convenience store there that seems to be open even till seven o'clock on a Sunday evening. Um, and you'll get ice if you need to rush back out because you forgot it and you've got animals on the deck. There's always ice there. Uh, They seem to have block ice as well, and um, they'll serve you know feed, fish and chips if that's what you want, and uh, some takeaway beers. So it's a handy little spot. Uh, Bit of fuel there. Um, If you're using major fuel cards and things like that, then you want to make sure that you've got everything sorted in Texas if you're coming through it.
0: Um, yes, that's a good point. Um, Bonshaw does sell fuel. Um, and in fact, uh, one trip down to Severn, we actually did like an overnighter and uh, we actually had dinner at the, at the shop. So we went, we went after the, mm. we drove up there on dark, um, got a hamburger and chips, sat outside there again, being New South Wales, you could buy a beer. I sat down and had a beer there and then drove back into camp, which made it a you know a really simple little trip. And it yeah, it's a reasonable store. Um, of course, mm. you're gonna play you're gonna pay fairly significant prices, but um it's got everything you need Convenience. Certainly, certainly, if you're down in the forest and you need something, being able to run back up there, it makes it a very, very um convenient little hunting ground. And I think that's one of the big selling points to um so many people starting with Severn is that it's relatively close for me um you know it's under four hours from home it's an easy drive it's actually got a lot better a lot better over the years um it's uh it's there's no real need for a four-wheel drive you can hunt that forest comfortably in a two-wheel drive car if you don't mind it getting a bit dusty because it is dirt but if you don't mind that you can hunt in a two-wheel drive and you know it's it's the, the getting there is not the hard part. It's, um, it's, uh, it makes it very convenient for a lot of people. And, of course, the other big thing about it is that it holds game.
1: Mm, that's, that's, that's the beauty of this one. Uh, but a, a point to note, though, I was, I was on a, a hunt for chittle last weekend in the Texas area. And up on one of the Facebook state forest hunting pages, somebody had got their four-wheel drive bogged mm. at, uh, at at Severn and, and had put the call out for anyone that was in the area to come and help them out. I think he had a very long night when the second vehicle got bogged. Um, so the story went and um, they eventually got out sometime uh, after the sun came up the next day. So, um, yes, you can get their two-wheel driving. Uh, as long as you're sensible and um, you don't go and do crazy things. Not sure this guy was. I think he just ended up in a bit of a marsh and uh, bogged himself, bottomed himself out, and he couldn't get out again. So um, take it easy, whatever you're doing.
0: Yeah, well, look, I've, I have to admit I've been bogged twice there myself, um, and the first time was uh, an overnight. The uh, recovery vehicle got bogged as well, and uh, the guys – I walked back to camp, and the guys stayed with the two vehicles, and another vehicle came – the the Sunday morning, and uh, another time, good mate Tim got bogged there, and we we're all pretty calm because he had just had his brand new winch fitted. And there's actually, uh, I remember watching it. He, he was kind of looking out. He had the winch on it. It was a, a wide remote, so he was in the driver's seat with the winch, and he's looking at us gives a thumbs up, hits a winch, and the winch just goes up in a ball of smoke. <laughs> And that was it. So, Probably the
1: first time he's had to use it for uh, that's it. I, a number of years.
0: No, it was a brand new install. First time up, whoosh, went up. So um, that was it. So that that changed. I went, oh, okay, that changes the game. So we got out. But that was certainly off the beaten track. Uh, you can drive yeah. around most of the main tracks pretty comfortably with the, with the two-wheel drive if you take it easy.
1: Mm, good. So you said um, you said that, that one of the beauties of this uh, forest is that it holds game. Uh, what game have you encountered there?
0: Well, I've always known Severn as a goat forest. Um, I've hunted there since 2009, I think. That was the first time I hunted there. And I hunted there pretty much solidly. Right through to the last couple of years, actually. I haven't been there for a couple of years now, but I hunted, I'd be, like I, you know, I'm honestly 25 to 30 times over that mm. period because it was just so easy to hunt, so easy to drive down there. And, and there was always goats there, but there was always this, and, and I wrote about it, this kind of, um, this promise of pigs there as well. And, and that happened on the very first time I was there. One of the, the the first time I was hunting Severn, I myself took fourteen goats over a long weekend. Mm. Um, and what happened during that period? I saw a pig, and I I let a wild shot off a you know a wild shot off it trying to anchor it. Completely missed it, and I didn't then didn't see a pig again for nearly ten years there. Um, no, if, not long, if not longer. If not long, no, no, it'd be about ten years probably in in all terms. Um, did not see a pig until I managed to. um uh, Actually, no, it wasn't that long. It was, it was many years though. We got saw that pig, and I managed. There was another time. There was a couple of times over those years that the pig sign got really, really good, and we thought, oh, we're really close. We're really close, but we never connected. And then when it got really dry around um, two thousand 12 2013 i think uh they the sign just disappeared and it was in a really stinking hot summer that i managed to take a pig there and that was because we found some water and that pig was on that water source yeah yeah, yeah. now i've also i myself have never seen a deer in there but i have very very good um, information that there are deer there but i've never seen
1: one it's smack bang in the middle of deer country. It it, oh, it, it, should it, be. it screams deer, but yeah. um, it doesn't have the right type of um, feed, I think, to hold them. So I think you'll find yeah. that they traverse through between farm and farm uh, that border the park. But um, there's not a lot of great deer habitat, I guess, um, in there. It really is well-suited to, to the goats. Um, yeah. And as you say, the pigs in certain areas of it. Um, my very first trip to Severn, Um, I was confident that I saw a deer in the southwestern corner of the block. Um, But because it was my first trip, I I was like, okay, well, I saw a deer. That's great, there's deer here. And it's the last sighting of a deer I've ever seen. Uh, And sometimes it's difficult to tell the difference between a dusty uh, deer print and a pig print. Mm. Um, I can't say that I've seen um, any other scat sign or anything like that so um, i don't know it's a bit of a mystery to me the you know like the pig was a mystery to you the deer was a mystery to me Um, my first trip uh, down there i saw half a dozen pigs uh, not all together in separate locations all around water sources and on various different occasions i've seen pigs in that park Um, some very big healthy big black boars, and one big back fatter a big white (laughs) Um, pig uh, in a completely different area of the park to what I thought it would be in. In fact, I was um, showing somebody else through the block at the time and um, he was armed with his bow and we were in within about five metres of it Uh, and he managed to hit the only twig between him and the pig, unfortunately, and the the arrow disappeared in the wrong direction. Uh, But we've certainly seen them. Um, But it's interesting because my, just, I don't know why, but I, I would step over a pig to shoot a goat or a deer. They don't interest me as much. Um, as as other game, I sort of put them in the back of my mind, and they only get they only get beaten up by me if they get in the way uh, more than anything else. But I'm I'm sure that that will change in time, um, given that they're there, and you know it's um it, it's something worth pursuing um, because other people find them really hard to step across, and I guess it's because they're looking so hard for them. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking, and they pop up.
0: I not to move off too much into the, into the sad story of my pig hunting i have always 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 look for pigs and it's always been it's always been a hard graft um you know literally i've been in places where it's raining goats and i've done all right with the deer but the pigs have always been the big challenge for me and it's funny because i really really like hunting pigs i actually probably more than like it but um yeah I, I just don't have a great deal of luck with the pigs. I've ha- I have been lucky with pigs, uh, um, but I, you know I, I I don't have big numbers. Um, I just got very recently. I think I cracked the the tonner, you know, the hundred kilos, and that was purely on a on a on a deer scouting mission. And this pig just ran past me, and I just popped him. Um, and mm-hmm. as soon as I saw him, I thought, oh, I forgot all about the deer. Uh, <laughs> I'll come back for the deer, but this pig. So that, but that's that,
1: interesting, that's isn't just it? me, you
0: <laughs> know. That's it. I, I very rarely would. I, I actually, I don't think I could pass up a
1: pig. I, I, I passed up I could of do pigs, it. I could, I, I
0: could not do it.
1: I think the reason for me is that I'm a big fan of um, only taking what I can, what I want to eat. Mm. You know, I, I started my whole hunting um, career, if you want to put it that way. Um, with these you know grander ideas that i just wanted to hunt for meat and i didn't care about antlers and i didn't care about tusks and you know it was really just a meat gathering exercise and i really enjoyed the process that was until i stood in front of my first croaking buck uh and you know i got the fever at that point and now i'm, I'm all for it and yeah. i love every bit of it um so uh but pigs to me uh in australia and uh, i'm happy to be told otherwise and and plenty of people will disagree with me and they do every day Um, around this, but uh, plenty of people have had bad experiences eating pork, wild pork, out of the bush. Um, You know, there were cases of people uh, not long ago where a family um, ate wild pork and uh, three of the four of them died, Um, things like that. Now, there'll be reasons for that, and I'm sure there's risks amongst all things, but I haven't convinced myself that it's a healthy meat to pull out of the bush, Um, and uh, I reckon that's a great topic for another podcast, but that's why I don't pursue them because I've always... Um, put them as a you shoot them and leave them not shoot them and take the meat and I know you'll tell me otherwise.
0: I oh, know look I mean you, I, I've hunted pigs and I've seen pigs that literally if they were pink you know they'd be at KR Darling Downs they were that healthy but I've also yeah. seen other pigs um, for instance one time we were hunting in the Pilliga and we, there was a time we saw the most pigs ever and for some for some reason we first saw them, and even when we saw them at distance, they all had this white stripe on their nose, and we're going, what what is that? And what we realised was that it was not a stripe. It was the loss of hair. They were they were rooting so hard for food, it was so tough mm. that they were wearing off all the hair off, off their off their nose, and every single one of them, um, you know, stayed for us. And you are supposed to knock them, and we were knocking them over. You. Um, didn't want to, I didn't want to touch them. Literally, they were they yeah. were in shocking conditions, and they had bad, that thing bad. where their their heads like bigger than their body. You know, the the yeah. They and they were they were well. I wouldn't even consider taking. I didn't even didn't take a skerrick of meat off of them. Took goat yeah. meat, but those pigs we left them right along, and that's it. You know, those kind of animals. And I remember one time I was hunting up in North Queensland, and they were and it was quite hot, and they were carrion eaters, and you could just smell them. You just I don't like them. Don't have anything to do with that meat. It stinks while it's, you know, it's still alive. So,
1: yeah, I completely understand that. Yeah, so it's a good park and it's got um, a couple of different types of game that are in there. And we haven't really even spoken about bunnies and foxes and, and wild dogs and things that frequent the area as well. So there's there's plenty there. Uh, one of the things that I guess stops a lot of people from going there is is um, when you go and have a look at the map online, it's a tiny little park. Uh, and for many years, it's had a third of it cut out of the middle. Mm. And that third gets put back in and taken back out and put back in and taken back out, and there's various reasons for it. And a lot of it, I think, has been around forestry. And, in yeah. fact, the park was closed completely a couple of times over the last couple of years, um, and it's reopened now to its the full size that it's it's been for many, many years. Um, but it can be off-putting because people want quite a large block of land to roam around. Um, a lot of state for forests. When you go to them, um, you know you can cover a lot of ground and not see much. So I think people look at the grid squares and go, "Geez, that's tiny. Is it worth my time?" Um, my message to anyone is, it's absolutely worth your time. You know, only three hunters usually can book into it, and there's no way you're going to cover the whole thing over a weekend. Um, you know, if you're if you're actually hunting it um, and doing a good job of it. So, um, have you found the size uh, at all a problem?
0: Look, I, I understand that logic, um, and in a way I, I'm, I'm experiencing that right now with some of the blocks I'm hunting for red deer because they are small blocks, but what I've come to realisation is, you know, that doesn't necessarily matter at all. And, in fact, the good thing about Severn was it, uh, has and, and still is is that it produces, you know, a, a much bigger ratio than what you would think it was going to produce. You know, it is, it is, it's abundant in wild game, um, and that's. And I've had people tell me, "There's nothing there. You'll never find anything there." And you'll say, "Well, how'd you go? Or, I haven't been. I haven't bothered because there's nothing there." And I said, "Well, maybe, maybe you, you, you know, you're doing yourself a disservice. Never not, never not taking an animal out of saverne.
1: I'm the same. I've never, ever never come out so of there. But, yep. Um, there's been, I'll note that even on that occasion, I was going to say oh, there was an occasion where there were just so many in there that um, I'd already shot four and was in the process of, of sorting them out. And probably the largest billy that I've ever seen uh, poked his head up over the rock to have a look at what I was doing. Uh, back in the days, like I was talking about before, where I was hunting for meat and I wasn't hunting for horns or antlers, um, and I sat there and I looked at the sky and I thought, far out. If I didn't have four on the ground, you, you're toast, mate. And he, he he looked at me for four or five minutes. In fact, I rang my good friend Trevor at the time and said, I've got a bit of a conundrum. Uh, I've got four on the ground and I've got this massive bully looking at me. Uh, you know, do I take it or do I leave it for next time? <laughs> you know, thinking I'll protect the part for myself for later. Uh, I ended up leaving it. I just left it alone. And it was it was a stonking great bully. Uh, you know, it was one of those things like the pig. You know, oh, like the deer that I saw the first time I came, Oh, if he's here, there's going to be more. That's okay, I'll leave them and I'll get on to what I'm doing. Uh, I caught up with him on the next trip uh, again, uh, but I, I just felt that he was so easy to get to um, that he would have made an absolute crack and bow trophy for somebody. Uh, and uh, two of my friends were coming up the next day with their bows, so I left them and uh, I've never seen them again, unfortunately, but that's the way it works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Well,
0: it does look, you know, the, the, it's not closed. There's a lot of people go through there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I have never not um, been successful in Severn. The only time, in fact, I've never been successful myself, but even the party was successful. I had to leave early, but the, I was, as literally as I was leaving, the guys had just taken goats. So I said, Oh, I've got to go. So I've never, and I don't know, oh, well, I've introduced a number of people to goat hunting. At Severn. You know, I, I, think, yeah. I can think of really five know. or six guys off the top of my head that I've taken there and said, okay, they said, look, I've never hunted goats. I said, "I'll oh, come with me, we'll go to Severn, we'll get you a goat. And that's what's happened. Um, you know, they've got goats. And, I, I, yeah, I, from, from a bow hunting point of view, it would probably work very well because it's pretty tight country. You'd be able to close the gap pretty well. Um, and I think that's what also... Uh, puts a lot of people off, it's a bit scrubby. So if you're used to shooting open farmland, you know, where there's a there's a crop and the animals are drawn up, you might go, what why what, what's there? But for me, the goats, that's that gives them a fantastic home, you know, and they're goats, so they'll browse any anyway. So there's always mm. food in there, there's always water in there. Even at the driest point, I've never found it completely dry. Um Never we thought point. it was, but we found water. When we found water, that's when we found the animals. Um, they knew where it was. Uh, there seems to be always scrubby uh, food sources there. It also has what I think are the two main ingredients for goats. Rocks. Goats love rocks. They love rocks.
1: Yeah,
0: and, they do. Yep. And and cactus. They love that cactus. The prickly pear. Yeah, they love it. They yep. love it. if yep. if you can find goats. If you can find rocks and and cactus or prickly pear, you're going to find goats. And no, uh, for sure. in fact, again, I was in Pilliga early, late last year, and we were. It was pretty hard work. It had been raining, and so the whole place had changed. And I was I was with one of the guys that I'd taken down the first time, and I said, and it, we came to this rock scarp, and I said, Did I ever tell you how much goats love rocks? And he said, Nah. And I said, Let's go around here, and sure enough, that's where they were. They're on the rocks. So yeah. that's what. That and because the you know, the Severn's part of that New England region, it does have that granite and boulder country. And there's actually one, um, I suppose granite escarpment in Severn that has got so much goat scat on it, it's just you just you know, it's you can almost smell it as you approach it. So, and that's like one of those centres where where the goats seem to concentrate in there. And They do it for a lot of different reasons. One, it gives them a very good home, it gives them a high altitude, for whatever reason. goats like to stand on top of things, so they get up there and they get up high. and it's um and it's directly above a water source too.
1: Yeah, well I've found uh, i know I know the one you're talking about and and without ruining the surprise for everybody because part of doing this is actually getting in there and discovering these things. but, just to know that those features exist. I think there's sort of three of those uh, areas, but the one you're talking about is the most prominent one. Um, there's another one in the centre, uh, mm. which is sort of just south of the main road that goes through. And then there's another big rocky outcrop right down the bottom uh, of the map. And um, they all seem to be feature points for for goats. Um, the further south you go, the, the, the denser it gets and the scrubier it gets. It's, it's come that way since... I think a fire ripped through it, and, and the, the whole bush has come back up through it. Um, but you know, so there there are a couple of those features. But uh, probably also worth um, mentioning, and I'll just I'll just cover off a couple of water things. There are sort of six main dams that are in that and uh, that are in the park that I've never seen dry. Um, and there's sort of one. One reasonable creek on the southern on the southern side, is, which is sort of where you, you tend to find a lot of pigs in the summer. or I have anyway, um, but those water sources are there. Um, how else would you describe the various sections? Do you break it up uh, into into bits? And because because I find there's sort of three different types of terrain in, in Severn. You've got the the rocky escarpment and and that high country um, up in the top left hand corner. Uh, and then sort of a floodplain down the centre, and then you drop down into the gully with the river uh, on the southern side or the creek on the southern side. Um, and and I, I sort of view those as three very different hunting locations um, with their own features and their own water sources. I don't know, how, how do you how do you break it up in your brain?
0: Well, whenever I, someone says, okay, I want, you know, I want to hunt Severn, I say, okay, the way I describe it is actually this guy, Mick, who's going down there very... Soon, and we've been talking about this. When you look at it on the map, you'll see that the main road, I think that would might be the the the, the road that you take off the off the Bonshaw Road to drive into Cerven, yep. kind of Mount splits the, splits the park in two. Yep. and I very and very roughly I call it the North Block and the South Block. That's how I tend to. Talk. Now the North Block has probably the best vehicle access. So you can yeah. drive you can drive a vehicle around most of the north block. Of course, you don't you don't cover the whole block, but there's a ring track that goes through the north block. So, you know, you can basically walk that vehicle track if you want. The southern block has very little vehicle access at the moment because I think most of the access is through private land. So when you go into the southern block, you tend to run into vehicle tracks, but they're they're already in there. And I'm pretty sure. They must come through from from private land. So the northern the northern block is has a rock escarpment right in the middle of it, or and it tends to kind of run down into a to the to the um surrounding farmland more towards the east. And the southern block is very much a tangle. It's very very heavy cover at places. In fact, it's it's that ridiculously hard cover at places. Um, you spend a, – there's a lot of rock. There is some rock formations, but there's also just a lot of rock through that area. So you're spending a lot of time moving across rock, around rock, and it creates natural pathways. There's a lot of small creeks running through there and gullies. Even not on the map, you come across little things like that. So I always kind of say if you're going to go there for a weekend um, and say so you're going to hunt two days, pick – which block you want to do on foot, which is the southern block, and which part you want to maybe drive and explore and drive and explore, which is another block, and just pick which one you want to do. So that that's always my weekend approach to Severn. And uh, the southern block has a, a very big dam close to the road. It's above mm. the road. And it's a funny dam because I've actually never seen game on it. Is that right? never seen game on that particular day. it's a big dam too yeah it
1: is it's very shallow it's very it's, shallow it covers covers quite a bit of land
0: i've never i've never seen it dry um, no. but i've never seen a game on it but i've seen signs lots and lots and lots of signs but i've never seen where the game is in that with the um, within the southern block i've always we've always taken game either right in the middle or down what you might call um, on the southern block on the eastern fence line and along that way. Okay. It seems the block seems again kind of uh, dumps out into the private land on the eastern side, and there's actually quite a swampy little place where the fence line kind of crosses what obviously is where the water comes through. Um, seen some really good pig sign down there. I haven't ever seen pigs there, but seen really good pig sign down there. And what we often do is we walk. So if we uh, we walk out of camp, we walk down the main road. We get to that um, that fence Damn. line, which follow is the... get to that no, Get to that that fence line, which is to the east for the southern block, where it actually says, you know, the the um, the no hunting sign is is talking yep. about private property. Next, follow that fence line down. It goes down, and you uh, go
1: straight That's down the main eastern boundary. You're the, talking about. now. Through. That's now this. cleared by the way. They've run a bulldozer down
0: it. Yeah, well, there was a there was always kind of a track there, but it was so overgrown. Yeah. So there was a, a you should you should realize when you were going through there, you're going, yeah, I think we're on an old track here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you got down, and then we we'd hook south and then go into the into the block that way and basically do a great big loop and generally often come out at that big dam on the way out. That would be a really big interesting,
1: really interesting so i have never considered hunting it in that way I, I hunted a completely different way um and, and so for me in the southern block uh I break the southern block into two right the the east and the west or the northeast and the southwest if you want yep. to call it and it's easy to identify that because right down the guts of that southern block is a creek
0: mm-hmm. and if you
1: look at the map there's a there's a creek that runs all the way down and then all the way into private land. And to me, that cuts that block in half. Now in, in times go gone past, all the country between the main center road and that creek was exclusion. You couldn't hunt it. Yeah. That creek was actually the border of the hunting. You could only hunt on the on the southwestern side of the creek. Um, touching on that dam, I've seen plenty of game on that dam. Always when it was an exclusion zone. Uh, so I couldn't shoot any of it, right? Um, but they were there, and it always fascinated me, this area, because uh, just above that big dam is another big rocky outcrop with yeah. loads of goat sign on it. It's a big cave up there. It looks like it's an old mm-hmm. dog den. Uh, it's a really interesting bit of country in then beautiful views. And I sat up on there and listened to goats bleeding, you know, kids bleeding and telling you where they were, and I followed them down to that dam, and I watched them for ages. Um, and... No, they never left because they were safe <laughs> to go anywhere. Um, but going back to hunting that block, I I always came in from the north western side boundary. So you go all the way to the end of Mount Hallam Road to the top boundary. Yep. And then I drop in. And there's a there's a uh, if you if you're looking at the map, and we'll put the map up um, from the road. You come down, and then it, it comes across yes. like this, right? That corner is actually the farmer's dead pile, if you didn't know that, you'll always go back to it, because that dead pile is obviously where the piggies go, and you can't shoot them on the dead pile because that's the neighbor's land, but you can make a hell of a racket and they can run for their lives, and once once they're in the state park, they're fair game. Um, I got a really funny video of doing that once upon a time, but a lot of pigs seem to concentrate them their way up that way because of that dead pile. I don't know if it's still used uh, as the same area by the farmer, but certainly last time I looked at it, there were uh, during the drought there were you know a half a dozen or more animals in there at uh, okay. different stages of rot. So um, that's the smorgasbord. Uh, about a hundred meters um, south of that point is the start of the is, is basically the uh, the head of that creek, and I've always followed that sandy creek all the way in um, and followed that down as far as I wanted to go until I stumbled across goats. And there's some beautiful clearings on that creek. Um, it, it holds pools of water, and depending on what time of the year you're going and what the condition is, there's little waterfalls and things like that. But in the heat, if, you, if you're going to go and attack it in summer, um, I can tell you if, if you if you walk along that creek, you're going to bump into pigs because it's where the water is, and they just hide in the reeds, they bounce up in front of you. And off they go. Um, and unfortunately, every time I do that, I'm carrying a bow and I can't knock fast enough. And it's always been exclusion to the north of the creek, and that's always where yep. they run, uphill into the northern centre section of, of the Severn State Forest map. Um, but that's just the way it goes. But I've always found them in there. Uh, off to the off to the southern west, southwestern side, there's, again, rocky outcropper scarp that you're talking about. There's some high points and there's always sign up there. That is a hellishly nasty country in there. You got to be committed to get in there now. It's the worst I've ever seen it. Um, I had a friend go in there the other day and knock a couple of goats in there with a new state forest hunter. Um, he, he went with a chaperone, uh, if you if you want to call it that. It was his first hunt ever in our licensed country, and he thought he was going to walk into one of these forests and just wander around and go and shoot something and would not have to work too hard for it. Well, he was absolutely Ratchet by the time he was finished. Uh, and the goats that were in there were covered in those little sticky, yeah. black, thorny things. Yeah. Um, they were just absolutely covered in them. So, why they live there, I'm going to put it down to pressure. They're pushing their way into there because no one wants to go down there. Um, but they're, they're there. They're there to take, they're, you know, you just got to work for them. Um, yeah. That's my take of that southern that southern section.
0: Huh? Yeah, so we, we kind of swing, the, depending on the wind you see, we'd swing the other way up and that creek line that you're talking back that we always use that as a bit of a geographical, okay, we, we, we know kind of, we're crossing that we'll probably start to swing back up now mm. and start swinging back up and basically come out above that dam. We'd come up of where it comes down onto that dam and then we cross down because we often used to camp Um, on the uh, northern side, where that little dam is, on just basically opposite across the road, there's a little dam there, and we would camp down there. So that's where. So we would basically come walking back in a camp in the the evening.
1: Yeah. So you'd get to that dam on the south side, cross the road on the way up. Yeah. That's one of the that one where you camp. That's probably one of the larger dams on the block.
0: I yeah, call it a small dam, but it's one of the large dams on the block. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's where the water. It's actually got that the, the creek crosses the road and, and it drains yeah. into it. And there's even a little um. It almost looks like someone tried to dam it once. Um, yep. Yeah. And there is another dam in in the centre of the northern block where you can actually see someone did dam it. There is actually a remains of a concrete um, barrier that they you know they would have messed yeah. up somehow and brought it in there. And that's the other thing in Severn. It was obviously, um, uh, you know, squatting block or something like that, and it's reverted back to state land. So you you do find these structures in there. There's, I've found, you know, uh, barbed wire horse pens. Um, mm. There's a couple of house dumps you'd find. Uh, you know, there's a bit of machinery in one of the paddocks. So you find those. There's a in, mine. Yep, yeah, there's a mine there, that's right. So there's all sorts of... Um, and there's that dam that someone actually built, which actually holds a good bit of water at the right time of year. So yeah. that the southern block is the tough block. And so, I, as I said, if you're going to hunt Severn, pick a day to do the southern block.
1: Oh yeah, and look honestly, you could spend your whole weekend in the southern block. Oh yeah, yeah. By, the, would... by the time you figure it out, you know, yeah. when you know your go-to spots, you're right. You know, you, you know exactly where you're going. You know, the tricks of the trade uh, into that spot, you know, it makes a really good day hunt. Um, another tip, though, there is a bit of a climb getting out of it. It's not ridiculous, but you got to manage your water down there because it gets steamy. Um, so you got to be super careful down there if you're doing it in the summer months. Um, I've, I've found myself dehydrated coming out of there once or twice. Yeah. Yeah,
0: and look, I, I was there once with someone who, who did get in a bit of trouble um we obviously managed to get them out but they did find it and that was it it does you know it's very very closed country there's no breeze the water supply if it's there is a bit effy and so and it's one of those ones you've got to walk in and you've got to walk out that's what you've got to do so you've got to be um prepared and as i said that's why i say to people if you're going to do the southern block give it a day and say that's my tough day and then the second day you can hunt the northern block and take it a bit easier, you know, move in the car, get out, walk, have plenty of water with you in the truck, come back, do a little bit more scouting. Um, of course, you can do some really tough walks in the northern block as well. Um, one year, I was actually hunting there by myself and um, ended up on the cover, front cover of one of the SSAA mags. Um, for some reason, I just decided that, I was in the, the northern block now, and um, I decided to go up into the real top country. Yep. and it was by myself, and you know, with hindsight, probably wasn't the wisest thing I did. But you know, I climbed up there, up on on some rocks, and got right up the top there, and found the old telegraph line that used to run across the top. Um, so there was, there was a bit of a, you know, once upon a time, there was, there was uh, certainly work going on there and people went to all the effort of running a telegraph line. There was a bit of bit of old barbed wire up there. So it once was fenced. But it's pretty wild up in there. And um didn't see a lot of game. But then again I was probably spending more time just on navigating and and doing the climb. But I came back down on the dam in the afternoon and ran into a a good mob of goats on the dam on the afternoon. And I'm pretty sure I, I I circled them inadvertently. So the northern block is as, as we said, you can access a lot of the northern block by vehicle. And probably this guy got bogged. That's probably, he was probably either on the main ring track or one of the spur tracks that run off that main ring track where you can get bogged. And when I think about where we got bogged, there's a couple of soaky parts that can be quite treacherous the um the interesting thing about the the northern block was there's like a ring road but there's also another road that spurs off that goes up into what we used to call the highlands so it goes up to yep. one of the high peaks yep and it's a fair bit of top rock climbing up there yeah yep. the top
1: top northwestern yep. corner yep
0: there's a fair bit of rock climbing up there i mean it's not it's not impassable it's not hard stuff in a four wheel drive but it's 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 certainly the roughest part of the park probably for driving
1: I was and going to say that that is the area would not take your two-wheel drive.
0: No, that's it. And and we used to drive to the very top and actually be looking, overlooking our camp park up there, and do a big loop walk and come back up. Um, and it we, gave us an ability to drop down into some of the ravine country and follow the water along the ravine country. There was a place we still always we we called it the kindergarten because we always ran across family mobs of of goats in there. It was obviously a place that they used to hold up because it was very safe. Always found them in there. Um, never see too many big billies in there. It was always the nannies and and the kids. Um, further, and that would run out into some open country uh, for a little while, and then it would close out again. And you'd pick up the track again, um, and that was actually just along that track is where I got Timmy's first goat ever down there at Severn, mm. uh, just where that track ran out. And that was a, one of the few places we've actually encountered wild dogs too down there, down that Okay. Way. Interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I find in the in that um, that top block, uh, if you go all the way up Mount Hallam Road to pretty much... 20 metres from the boundary, there's a track that runs up.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: And if you follow that track, it then crosses the creek really quickly and then the first left-hand track as you go back into the bush is a little track that goes up and it goes all the way up onto the boundary fence line and it's the most beautiful camp spot in the whole park. Yes. You're right up on the hill, you're against the boundary and you're overlooking from a high point the whole park and it's beautiful. As long as the wind is not too terrible, uh, I love it up there. We'll post a few pictures of some of these things up so that you can see them. But that's where I now recommend that people stay. Um, I know people that uh, have rolled out of bed and um, sh- shot a goat on the on the pasture that's right there because it seems to be the greenest, lushest mm. part of the whole park. But um, it's a really nice spot to camp um, and just sit out there and have a nice beer at the end of the day. Um, And I also find that it's up nice and high. You can actually sit up there and you can listen for the goats. Yeah. Even though they're going to be way off in the distance, you can hear them up in in your highlands area that you talked about. So it's directly north of where you're sitting. Um, And you can hear them over in the distance. But you get a really good appreciation for how um, undulating, how hilly, how rocky, how outcroppy that park is from up there. It's really nice.
0: And that, that fence line that you back up to is heavily treed too, so you've got a good wind stop behind you if it's yeah. coming from behind you. Um, there was there was for many years an old ram that used to live up there.
1: Oh, it's not just a ram. I was sitting in camp. It was the camp, the night we were going to pack up, and um, four wild sheep wandered straight through our camp. Yeah. And I only say they were wide, wild because they were so big with their woolly coats. They hadn't been yeah. shorn and, must have been five years, uh, would have made a not a bad mutton stew, but uh, they're, off, they're off the hit list, uh, domestic animals in state parks, even if they're wild.
0: Yeah, they, there was an old ram there, and we, we, he, was, he used to be up there, and he it was, it was almost like a token because we would camp down below that and look up, and when we used to see him, we'd see him up there. We got close to him a couple of times. The guy, poor old thing, had hardly any teeth in him and stuff like that. He was living a pretty hard old life toenails
1: would have to, been this long. And, that's
0: what I used yeah. to see him. It was a bit of a good luck take. And if we ever saw him, we knew, oh, well, we're going to be on
1: because no, he was right, up there at good. the top. Yeah, that
0: that that's a funny area that it, it's – um, there's actually in that long grass as you just crossed – just before you cross that creek, there was an old bit of farm machinery in there. I think someone yeah. grabbed it a few years ago. It was
1: probably it's still
0: worth a, there. It probably it's still worth a, a lot there. of money and someone came back and grabbed it as, you know, as an antique. But – yeah, that's a very panoramic part, and if you get up there, there is a there is a track that'll take you to, to what we used to call the Highlands. You can yeah. go that, yeah. so it can be a great launch point from up there. Um, a friend of mine shot four goats up there on um, the first the first night he ever camped at Severn. He he took the advice and he was camping at the the dam. And he got his camp out, and he took out and he took his binos up and looked up that hill because you look straight up, and he said that he mm. saw them up there, crossed the creek, uh, crossed the dam, cro- went through this old wire fence, up through there, shot him up there on the hill.
1: Yep, yep. There's um, it, it, uh, I, I keep saying I know where the goats are going to be, and I and I and I'm pretty confident that I'm going to get goats when I go there, mm. in the same spot almost every time, and it stopped me exploring a lot of the park for a long time because there was no need to do it. Um, but, you know, now it's not at all about taking the animals. It's it's also about exploring the park. So I've gotten around quite a lot of it. That Highlands area is really nice. It's nice to get mm. up there. It is a steep walk. There's no doubt about it. Um, if you're driving in your car the first time, you think, oh, God, I wouldn't want to be walking that. Um, but, you know, by the time you, you sneak up it, uh, again, that's where I've seen wild dogs up that up that way and some of those really steep um, uh, re entrance. Um, but you know it's it's a nice
0: part of the block for sure. Yeah, there's some serious gully country up through there, and you often see a lot of either um, um, oh, roos or emus up there as well. The they seem to be up yep. that seem to be up in that that gully com- country up there where it where it hits a heavy. The, the tree line is very very heavy against the, the boundary line, and it seems to provide a really good. And I'd, I'd actually. Don't know what's on the other side because I'll never bother pushing through that fence and have a look because that's a boundary line. But um, you do see a lot of, you know, the the macropods and the emus come through there. So I'm wondering if there's a good water source on the other side or something like that.
1: Yeah, there must be on the farmer's land. Yeah, um, But that's, yeah, that's up that part for sure. Um, and like you say, there's, there's some other... Uh, there's, there's a net, well, there's, it's not a natural dam. They're all dams that have been man-made, but some of them have been made in watercourses and other, others seem mm. to be holding water without too much of a natural flow into them. Um, uh, but, you know, you sort of, if you if you get around on that loop track you're talking about, you'll bump into those three dams. And, mm. uh, you know, if you situate, situate yourself somewhere where you can get around those three dams, um, you know, on foot, um, you know, if you, if you think that you're going to find animals on the water, um, you're probably right. Uh, my, my tactic for chasing uh, goats is to find a high point and, you know, get up there early. Um, make sure you've got the wind with you and just listen. Just listen for a while yeah. because goats breed so so quickly. There's usually kids on the ground. Yeah. And just like kids, and just like your kids and my kids and everyone else's kids, they're noisy little shits sometimes, and they jump around and play and they bleat and they have a good time, um, and they give themselves away. Uh, and and normally I find you know either I'm on this high point and the goats are going to be feeding to the closest water in the direction you can hear them, or they're on their way back to the high point. Yeah, you just got to intersect them, and they yeah. cover some ground. You usually catch
0: them, you usually catch them either going or coming back from water. That's I very rarely have come to a dam and it's like goats on the dam. It's not something that's ever happened to me. I've either caught them before or after. Um, there is on that loop track, the northern loop track, and as you said, the three dams you hit the first dam that you come to, um, uh, is uh. It's a it's a natural runoff, and you can tell it runs down into the dam. So you can actually pull up five, six hundred metres away and walk down the road a bit, and you actually do get a quite a nice panorama of that dam. You can look through the trees and look yeah. onto it. Um, so Are you talking you know, about
1: the one in the centre of the block.
0: Yeah, it's well, I, I would call it the first dam that you come to if you're doing. Depends which way uh, you're going
1: around
0: the loop. Yeah, I'm clockwise trying to think loop. if if you're doing a clockwise rotation yep. around the northern loop, it'll be the first dam you come to. The second dam can be quite tricky because it's um, if you were driving on it because it's it's kind of well concealed. You know, you kind of bump into it. The third dam um, you, is a really good one to walk on, and that's actually where I got the pig off. I got that pig off the yeah. bottom dam, the third third dam. But that yeah, first might. dam, I've shot more goats uh, within, say, a kilometre radius of that area than anywhere else singularly and mostly behind that dam, in fact.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. As I yeah. said, I've never seen them on the dam. I've either come and like, oh, look, they're coming in, they're coming on, or they're coming off. But haven't been lucky enough to, you know, come across and have them all lined up on the watercourse.
1: Um, yeah, in regards to the
0: kids, too, you're damn right they'll they'll give they'll give the game away every time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I've found um, that first dam you're talking about um, that's on that natural watercourse. Uh, that's where I shot my first goat with a bow, actually, off that dam. Mm. Um, and. It has some excellent cover. You're right. You get the visitor, yeah. you get the – but it's got excellent cover all the way around it. My, my recommendation to to anyone going into this block is don't drive that loop. I mean, may, maybe drive it just to get your your bearings, but on hunt day, don't drive that loop. Yeah. You know, get get within that five six hundred meters of the first dam and leave your car. Um and uh, and I would walk in on that dam. The next dam is only going to be another. Probably fifteen minutes walking, fifteen to twenty minutes walk along that track. There's a concentration of goats in, in that area. I, I, I just leave the car behind, um, but you get to that dam, and then the next dam around, as you talk about the one that you shot the pig on, um, is, is again only another you know fifteen to twenty minutes, right? If if you if you, at a brisk walk, you know, um, you can you can cover the ground around to those dams quite easily, and. Um, I found that centre one that we're talking about I've managed to sneak up on loads of goats on that dam. Um there's a row of trees between the road so there's the road, the row of trees and a dam and you can you can sneak along the road quite quietly because you, you've not got and nothing underfoot fact, it's all just sandy.
0: And in fact there's a creek that runs into it that you can right. actually just follow parallel to that creek line up and then you actually the creek always dumps into the dam, so there's a point where you're a bit exposed, but it gives you also a great window to look in. You you know about traveling that loop a number of times. We've just parked, driven in to say, and parked at the the beginning of the loop, and and mm. with got our gear and just did a full loop and walked around, yeah. or, it's good- or depending on the wind, just gone the other way. And you can yeah. and that is it's it's a it's actually a really comfortable um I, I i wouldn't guess how long it takes you because i've never liked walked at like a, a force or march. you
1: know we you tend to run into something don't you? that's
0: right yeah we move and stop and snack and move and but it's it's like a half a day of a pretty easy walk and if you if you got game it, it's not hard to reverse back out and get back to the vehicle and get to the game pretty quickly yeah.
1: Um, it's about it's, it's about a six and a half kilometer loop. Yeah, um, and which, if you think about it, is not a big day. No, uh, it's not even a big morning. If you and you're on a track, you're not you're not uh, you're not bashing your way through trees. You can move quickly and quietly. Not that I suggest you move quickly, but you yeah. know you, you typically bump into something along the way, and you never get to finish the loop anyway. Yeah, well, um,
0: that's it. I. I you know that generally that's why I, I put it down to like a half a day because, you know, as you said six and a half k's. If you're walking, you know, six and a half k's along along the footpath, you should do that in just over an hour and a brisk walk, you know. Yep. But you're not doing that, you know. There's a there's there's so much opportunity to stop, look and listen along there, that you know, giving yourself doing it in the morning and say, okay, we'll be back at the truck by by lunchtime for a, for a feed and then go for an afternoon explore in the truck it's it's actually a really good way of doing that and mm-hmm. you will it will produce and you might spear off for a while and go and explore as i said i found that looking at a dam can be a little deceptive because you your all your, your vision gets focused on that water you want to go around it because you know they they Often just held up, just behind it. You know, they've had a feed, and then they've gone back in the shade and laid down again. So they're there, just behind the water. They're not on the water course at the time. In fact, the you know the pig was the, the pig that I shot off the dam was the first one of the first animals I actually literally shot off a dam. It was there, yeah. it was right there in the wallow.
1: Yeah. Well, every animal that I've every animal that I think I've shot in this area, I know has either been on its way to water. It's on its way back, and it's just coming up to a high point somewhere mm. nearby, um, or or it's just off it. But you're right, and so it's always water focused, and that's the way they are in their scrubby blocks. They've got to water a couple of times a day. They just happen to be magic hour, you know, at the beginning and the end of the day for us. Um, but in saying that, goats tend to browse all day. They don't bed down as much as as the likes of deer. Um, they'll they'll feed all day if they want to. Um, but again. Find a high point, use the wind, listen. There's some big basins in there when you get up high. There's some really nice big basins that mm. work like amphitheaters that really bring the sound up to you. And I tell you, there's nothing better than sitting up on that hill and waiting and having a cup of coffee and then just hearing that bleak go off. And you saw a big smile on my face. I'm on to you fellas and I'm off. You know, I'm going to go and track you down. That's that's awesome.
0: On the what we call the highlands, there's actually a track that one of the where we used to walk down. So we'd park at the very top and start walking down one of the tracks. And there was a a, a slight clearing just off the track. And it, it was actually, it was almost like someone had created a lookout. Okay. And we sit there and just listen. And you know, sit there 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay. There we go. <laughs> it's over there somewhere. Okay, and listen, 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 and and then go. Okay, then you know concentrate the glassing, and oh, there's a white flash. There it is, and that's it. And that, and just there, you would get this wonderful effect where you could just hear for kilometres, and you just go, yeah. And sometimes they would be a long way away, but you'd hear them and go, oh, they're moving. Just wait, and sure enough, and they would come down into the gorge country. So they were, they were funneling into you. Um, So. It just took some time. And if you think about those dams, at least two of them, um, the third one, if you were to go uh, on a clockwise rotation, is probably the benefit of that dam is it's it's probably close, it's very close to farmland. And I actually think it gets a lot of animals moving between the farmland. But certainly the first dam and the second dam are very, very close to rocks. You know, they're... Yeah. Just off uh, the first dam, for instance, the rocks are behind and what you might say to the left. And if you go in there, you nearly always find goats. On that second dam, the, the rocks are almost directly across the road and if you go up, you'll find the goats and that's what they do. They're up in the rocks, they come down, they go back up. So if you can find water and you can find cactus and you can find rocks, you find goats. And so for that's how I would suggest someone who wanted to hunt Severn, first off, is think about it as, as how you want to hunt. If you want to do a hard foot slog, focus on the, the southern block. If you want to do an exploratory, um, just, you know, you, you maybe you're thinking, oh, maybe I'm not up for that kind of thing or I'm, I'm by myself or you're with another guy and you're both not confident. You can certainly stay in the northern block Never be too far away from your vehicle, and you can still really get some goats on the ground. And mm. as you said, you might get pigs. I, I, for me, it has always been a, a task, but certainly um, getting the goats there. There, in terms of you know the park itself, there's no real facilities, so no. taking everything you need. Um, but again, since you've got such good vehicle access, you know you don't have to go super light pick camp you can you can have a comfortable camp you can find a good place to set up um,
1: i drag a camper trailer in
0: there mate that's right
1: well that's
0: it and where you go it wouldn't be that difficult um you yeah. know it's, it's it's there's a bit of a climb but even when you do if i remember correctly when you start climbing up there even the grass gets a bit short and you can you can see the rocks so you know where to go oh, yeah that's <laughs> fine you know,
1: okay. yeah there's it's frequented enough that the the grass is pushed down in the track areas, but you know you get up onto that grassy plateau and there is a rocky area. You just take your time and have a look. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I drag, excuse me, I drag a camper trailer in there, um, and and I've only just started using that top campground. Um, yep. One of my one of the members of my branch, that, uh, I went up there recently with. He showed me it, so I've stayed up there a couple of times now, and it, it's it's a picture. It's beautiful, such a nice spot just to go and have a camp. Um it's great. Be careful of fires. I mean, I, I know it sounds silly um because we're all big boys and girls, but uh it is pretty dry in there. Um yeah. so be careful of that. There is a sign um point to note. Um there's a sign at the beginning, and I know it was there this year, and it said um um fires are closed for the whole summer season.
0: Yeah.
1: Now that's a forestry, that's a forestry sign. That's not a that's not a um a fire ban sign. Uh, and there's a number on that one. So if you think that you're going in there and it's been uh, and it's fairly wet, uh, feel free to call that number. I've I've saved that number in my phone as I go there often enough, and I'll ring the forestry and just say, Hey, look, it's pretty damp underfoot. I'm staying up in this top corner. There's you know there's a, a well used firing. Um, can I have permission to to light a fire? And usually the forestry guy who's on call says, Yep, that's no problem, mate. We know it's okay because there's been rain. Um, so you know you can you know just be nice about it and give the fellas a call because they can let you have those nice little extras if if you ask.
0: I know that 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 ban has just been lifted. Mate sent me a, a, something about it. It's it's literally just been lifted because when we were in the Pilbara uh, in December it was on. So you know so basically it was no fires whatsoever. Um, so no solid fuel fires whatsoever. So. Um, and, of course, then there's the normal fire ban that applies if you're down there in summer anyway, which is the more, you know, global or more statewide fire ban that applies in New South Wales. But, uh, yeah, as you said, you know, use your common sense or or use, you know, if you, or if you haven't, find out how to have a, a proper fire and have a control fire. Um, it certainly adds to the, the whole experience being down there. In fact, if you um, – I've cooked – Goat on a couple of fires that's burned over the years, you know, and um, so it's it's the opportunity and it's all part of it. And you can make yourself a very nice camp. You, As you said, you've got to pull everything in. There's no water um, to speak of. Um, if you pull everything in and you get yourself a good set of gear, it's a very pleasant place to stay. In fact, I know a guy who stays there without hunting, um, who travels a lot. He just pulls in there and stays in there. And he's got a place mm-hmm. that stays in there because you, you you're quite allowed to do that in New South Wales state forests. Yep. So it's a very very pleasant place to go. It's it's uh recently um someone I got contacted by um the the game licensing unit. In fact, said, look, we've just had a guy from Queensland call us about hunting. He wants to talk to someone, and they put him on. To me, and I had a had a good chat to him. Now he was an older guy. He he'd hunted. Private land all his life, but never got in. Never hunted public land, and had just finished his license, so this was his first hunt. And he was after goats, and the initial process or the initial um, discussion he got was go to the pillager. And I said, mate, um, I, and I had a good chat to him, and I said, it sounds like you know you're not all that experienced. He said, well, yeah, I've always hunted private land, but I've stayed at the house and all that stuff. And I said, I'd try Severn. Yeah, it's a lot easier. It's a good way of of getting into public land hunting. You're going to have success. It's a pretty place to, in the right time of year in the right conditions. It's a very pretty place to be. I've been down there also when it's dry as a bone and, and looks like a moonscape, but it can be a very nice place to be. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's, what, 40Ks from Texas. You know, if it gets yeah, really bad, you can go stay in a hotel overnight if you really want. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty easy one to start with.
1: Yep, I agree. Um, just back on the fire point, um, a little known fact that people should know is that if there's a total fire ban, your permit is actually cancelled. Yes. You're not allowed to hunt uh, under total fire ban. Uh, and that's, funnily enough, um, that, that was due to potentially starting a fire with your firearm. i not quite yeah. sure how that works, but that includes bows and pigs. So yeah. um, they just they just ban it. So be aware of
0: that because I that's, think that's part of your written permission. That's a that's a total fire ban. That's that is called daily. Those things happen yeah. daily. You check with the New South Wales Rural Fire Brigade. They actually happen daily. So they'll say fire conditions are such that there's a total fire ban. But when there's an actually a total fire ban, they actually apply that to everything. So they don't want basically. And I saw there was a problem. Recently, like, they don't want farm machining to operate. They don't want anything to no, Basically, not. they don't want anything that's going to cause a spark. So that's – that's. Um. but I also think New South Wales has a period where they just say no fires on public land for a period of time.
1: Yeah, that's a forestry call more than yeah. a, a total of fire ban from the fire yeah. brigade. Um, so keep knowing. The other thing to note is um, Severn's been quite heavily baited for dogs, aerial mm-hmm. baited recently. It hasn't been baited for a long time it has been now um it's um june 2021 (laughs) i'll just throw that out there um that's when that's when the baiting i'm looking at the map now that it's been baited uh, in case someone listens to this in a year's time um so if you're taking your dog in there i take my dog in there to to track um you know teach them to be on a muzzle um you know not not because they bite but because you don't want them to pick that stuff up it's nasty um so the only other thing I was going to ask, Mark, is um, what – so I've got a theory about this. I think that goat numbers in this part they're still there. They're making it work harder for them um, than when uh, you and I may have started hunting there and, you know, you'd see, you know, 30s and 40s and 50s uh, on a trip in. Um, the price of goat meat has gone up significantly over the last couple of years. In fact, it's more expensive now than lamb. Um, which is just incredible, um, but that's where it's up to, um, most widely eaten meat uh, globally, so that contributes to it. What are your thoughts about the great goat roundup that may or may not have had uh, or have happened in our state parks? Because you hear that farmers have gone in there and you know with dogs and rounded them up and put them on trailers and sold them for live export and things like that. Uh, it's all rumour. Um, but what, what are your thoughts? Do you think that drought has had more of an impact? Um, are you finding goats harder to, to get onto in the parts that you go to or do you think it's just a, a natural cycle?
0: Okay. So, look, I, I think like so many things, it's a whole lot of moving parts. Now, I have hunted state forests that have, had clear sign of trapping. Um. So, like, uh, pillager is probably the most common where you actually come across goat traps. And um, I was even speaking to a guy who worked for national parks, and you can actually, I believe, get a permit to do that. You can yeah. apply to have a permit to, to trap goats in um, in on public land. Um, not exactly sure how it works, but there is a – so it's allowed. So, yes, I have found traps. Um, uh does the drought have an effect? Um, it, it seems to have an effect in two ways. One is the general condition of animals decline and certain um, in certain instances. However, on the plus side, in a way, it makes hunting easier because it concentrates animals. One yeah. of the hardest things is hitting a state forest just after rain because the animals don't have to follow patterns anymore. You know, water is abundant. They just and you know, and it's and we think about water as a dam. An animal doesn't need a dam, it needs a puddle. Yeah. So yeah. twenty mils of rain, there's a lot of puddles. Um and so, you know, the the drought conditions can actually work in your favor. We were yeah, hunting, I, um, I agree we were with hunting, that. we were hunting pillager. We hunted pillager in the in the winter of the right in the middle of the drought and what we realised was that the goats were just circling between the available water sources and uh, we were hunting in pairs, so me and Tim and a couple of other guys, and one day they hit the mob at one dam and they went back and it wasn't there, but we were at the other dam and it the mob rolled in and there was just mm. goats everywhere. Um, so, you know, tough conditions concentrate animals because they need water. Um, in terms of the effects that locals, are, or you know, the trapping and all that, has on look, I'm sure that happens, and I'm sure that um, it has an effect on animals, but I've never found it to have an effect where there isn't any game. Mm. Um, I think um, uh, sometimes people kind of think that you're just going to walk in there and it's just going to be you know it's going to be like a a live shooting gallery. Now we've both been in situations where it is, but you know, that's just because you happen to be there at, at the very, very right time when things happen. Um state forest hunting by its very nature is hard. You've got to go out and you've got to look for game. It's not like it's not like going to a, a property where the farmer says, look, mate, I saw the pigs down in the back panic, they're in my the sorghum. You know they're going to be. I, I can show you where they've been eating it, and you go down there, and sure enough, they're going to be there, or they're going to be there two hours later. There's no, one. There's no one there to give you an advice, and there, two, because there's no infrastructure of, of of feed like there's no paddocks with grain. Um, they don't feed that way. They feed more like wild animals. So they browse. They they move. Um, they they they're opportunistic. So you've got to work that cycle. And of course, then there's the other cycle of the actual animals on themselves. You know, goats don't behave the same way throughout the year, just like deer don't behave the same way throughout the Mm. year. They have cycles. The other big part of this is that, and I I say this tongue in cheek, I don't know how many people have told me that all the animals have been shot out of
1: a park. Yeah, you hear it all the time.
0: And, you know, in fact, if I go somewhere and someone doesn't tell me that, then I go, oh, okay. You know, everywhere I've been, you know, like we've um, been in the Pillager and we've gone into town and we've been talking to someone and said, oh, the helicopter went through last week and it shot the place out. There's nothing in there, you know, and you and you kind of look at them and go, well, we won't mention the, the 12 we've already shot, you know. But or, um, you know, the helicopter's come out and there's no deer left. Yeah, there's deer there. Um, The baiting programs wiped out this, the the pigs are still there. Um, There's actually a really interesting thing in the game licensing unit um, test for the R license where it actually says something like it it is now agreed that there is no, you can't um, physically or economically remove a species.
1: It's not feasibly possible.
0: yeah, it's not feasibly possible to remove a species either economically, it's not possible or physically, you know it's too hard. And if you think about this country, if when people talk about this kind of thing about eradication, ask them ask them to name three vertebrate species that that were introduced to Australia that that we've managed to get rid of. Oh
1: yeah, good luck.
0: yeah, I, I actually can't think of one
1: mm.
0: um, you know. It just doesn't happen, and so it doesn't happen. And if you're hunting somewhere that is a state forest that's surrounded by farmland, it will hold game. Now, it might Good not. Point. You might not drive in, and they might not be standing there on the track. They may be. They might not be, but it will
1: hold game. Uh, I find the harder they are to find, the less people want to go there, and the more opportunity there is for mm. those that actually want to get out there and and get there teeth stuck into something this is a great part to explore there's so many different facets to it um you can spend a lot of time there and, and every time i go back i really enjoy it mm. um so i think that's been a really good session mark about um covering off severn um if anyone's got any questions feel free to to ask them um there'll be a comments section i'm assuming or something here that we can we'll answer figure some that questions. out yeah Yep, I've um, I've dropped an email address or two on the on the last couple. Um, Shameless plug for myself. Uh, I've ta- I've I've recorded a YouTube video of hunting Severn. I'll put the link in for that if anyone's interested in having a look at that. It, it it's, it'd be really good to watch that in parallel to listening to this conversation because you'll get a sense of the country, the rock, the ground, the dams, you know, the condition, the goats, and those sorts of things. Um, so feel free to go and have a look at that. Um, If you're listening to this and you don't have an R licence, they're easy to get. If you're an Australian Deer Association member, then you will have someone in your branch that can do them. Um, I sit them for uh, the Darling Downs branch up here, and there are other people in in the Brisbane and and, and various other branches that can do that for you. Uh, If you're not in the ADA, doesn't mean you can't contact us. We can help you out. Um, But also you can jump on the website and go to the Game Licensing Unit website and you can request a contact details be sent to you, uh, and you'll get a list of assessors in your general vicinity. There's no real real excuse. If you you want to get out there and hunt, these parks are there. They're available. They've got game. You'll have a great time. Um, I do recommend that you go with a friend. I wouldn't tackle some of these things on your own to start with. You want to get a good feel for it um, and not get yourself into trouble. Um, If you haven't listened to the previous episode about gear, don't have a listen to that. There's a few things that we recommend that you take into these parks to keep yourself safe. Uh, but other than that, I think that's probably it for me. Mark, any last comments before we close this one off? Uh, what maybe I, I thought
0: about that and I thought about something you said, I said once upon a time, and Severn is scrubby, dusty, rocky, and I love it. And really, it's a great spot. It's a great spot. Um, and it's a great spot to start, your. Yeah your yeah, your public land hunting adventure. It's a gr- I can't recommend enough to have a crack at Savan. Good stuff. Okay. Right, Thanks, Thanks very you. much, mate. But right,
1: I'll talk to you on the next
0: one. We will. See
1: you.